We'll read again James 4, verse 15. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Are you planning to do this or that between now and the end of the year? Well, that's not unusual. Here in this reading in chapter 4, we find that some were indicted for saying, Today or tomorrow we shall go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. They made plans. And their plans were for the year, apparently. I don't know if they were going to return after a year or stay after a year or if they didn't know what they were going to do after a year. But the fact is, none of us know what we're going to be doing a year from now. Two years ago, we had... Plans, I like to call them tentative plans. And whether you call them tentative plans or not, they are tentative plans. Anyway, we were going to take Rob and Lisa Parker to Israel with us. April 15th to April 29th. It was going to be a trip of a lifetime. The arrangements were made. The tickets were paid. They had figured out who would stay with their Three teen boys, one of which may not have been a teen, I can't remember. But anyway, uh, it didn't work out. And as you well know, many things didn't work out for many of you, really for all of you. And as it turns out, instead of taking them to the Holy Land uh, two years ago, uh, two months ago, we took them to Kentucky. Holy Land, Kentucky, you decide. Anyway, uh, we did have a good time. So uh, some plans that we anticipate don't work out. Other events that we never anticipated do take place. And at the expense of, of Rob, I will say after uh, we would have returned, uh, we, we ended up just about six weeks later, uh, conducting the funeral of his dad. That was not anticipated. That was not planned. It was not scheduled. Your funerals aren't scheduled either, nor, the, nor is mine. But the fact is, some things will happen that we never scheduled during this uh, coming year. One thing we want to keep in mind, and we often say, uh, until Jesus returns or if the Lord tarries, but if we don't always say it, we always want to think it. If the Lord wills, we will do this or do that. Whether we say it or don't say it, it will be if the Lord wills. So we see the value of saying or thinking or anticipating the Lord willing. Because we trust the sovereignty of God. He made all things and by him do all things exist. God is a good God, and we want His plan to be our plans. There are times where we make our plans and we ask God to bless our plans. That's not 
a bad thing, but it's far better to ask God what His plan is and ask Him to adapt our intentions to His plan. God has a plan. And if one of us needs to adapt, we want it to be ourselves. So James speaks to those who made plans. And and what was the problem? The problem was not that they planned for the future. The problem was that they did not take God into account, God's will into account, while planning for the future. Some don't take God into account at all. Some uh, neglect anticipating uh, God's will. We want to anticipate and pray for God's will. We want to always say, Lord, willing, but before we say it, we want to uh, take that into account. We see a people who failed to take God into account. You're familiar with Genesis 11.3, when the earth was of one language, they settled in one general area, and we see what they said as a people. They said, let us make brick. Let us build a city and a tower. And let us make a name. It's not clear to me who they were trying to make a name for because they were the only ones who existed. But they were entirely, as a people, self-focused and they wanted to make their plans without taking God into account. Well, the Lord uh, hindered them, scattered them, and uh, from that we have um, the population of the of the earth and the ethnicities and languages and all and all the rest. But I, I suppose that they uh, met uh, together. They debated the advantages and disadvantages of what they would do. They planned the the structure, how tall it would be how long it would take to uh, complete it, what it would take to gather the materials to to do so. And some uh, believe that it was perhaps a structure even 15 stories high by today's standards, um, possibly with a temple of idolatry-type worship at the top of it. They wanted it to reach to heaven. Well, you decide how, how well it went for them. They, in fact, could build a structure but their problem was that, was that they, they could not build a life. They could not build marriages. They could not build families. Uh, they could not uh, build a society. And as a result, they had chaos. It reminds us of the United States of America. If there was more concentration on building individual lives marriages, homes, then there would be a great deal more success. But plans are made. Debates are held. Decisions are determined without taking, if the Lord wills, into account. So that was a problem of a people. We see the example of a person in the New Testament. And you're familiar with the the rich uh, man, he's actually called a fool by the Lord, so 
In some of our Bibles, the, the heading is the rich fool. He had plans too, and, and listen to his plans. Eleven times in three verses, we see him refer to I or my. He was very much self-centered, self-focused, rather than God-centered, God-focused. But here's what he said after his ground brought forth plentifully, so he had a lot. And remember again, the problem was not that he was planning for the future, the problem was he was planning for the future without taking Lord willing into account. And so he said to himself, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods uh, set up for many years. But God replied, Thou fool, the Lord did in this parable. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and not uh, toward God. So even those who would have been the beneficiaries of of, uh, his treasures eventually would have left those treasures or wasted them, uh, but left them to someone else who would have left them to someone else. And uh, each one would have stepped into eternity And the only thing that matters, or mattered there, is treasures laid up in heaven. What satisfies or counts in this life cannot be measured monetarily. We want our life to count. And what counts is living for the Lord. Adapting our desires, our goals, our interests to God's plan. So we pray, Lord, I want your will to be done. Before you formulate a plan, appeal to the God of heaven. He's your guide. He's your counselor. Ask him what he would have you to do. Every time I I make reference to this account in Luke 12, this rich fool, Jesus called him, I think of a client I had many, many years ago, and I've shared this a few times over the years, that he was a farmer, and he had a, a market in Japan for a straw in the Dallas area. There's lots of seed and lots of grains, and as a result, a, a lot of straw that uh, he would uh, take and fill containers full, ship to uh, Japan at the right time, and um, make a lot of money. Well, he came in uh, one year just very satisfied with his uh, wealth, and he told me that his barns were full and he was going to have to build bigger barns. He didn't say anything about tearing down his barns. I'm glad for that. But as he rehearsed all of this, I think, oh, I'm, I'm accountable to this uh, to this man and thinking of, of Luke 12. And uh, but he wasn't paying me to be his preacher. He was paying me to do his accounting. So I, I can't remember entirely how I uh, responded, but I do remember how I felt. I thought, wow. Uh, you better lay up treasure in heaven. Sure enough, within two years, the man was bankrupt. So it didn't work out so well. His plan didn't work out so well. But it would be better to be a a pauper in the center of God's will than be a prince apart from God's will. We want 
God's will in our lives. We want Lord willing in our lives. And God will reveal his will to you and to me. It may not come as a voice from heaven. Most likely it will not come as a voice from heaven. But it will come as you prayerfully explore what you discern might be God's leading in your life. And as you pray, Lord, uh, open the doors to reveal your will and shut the doors to also reveal what is not your will, the Lord will do that. The Lord is faithful. You don't need to know uh, out on the horizon. You don't need to know what next month will hold for you. What if you did know? Would that be better or would it be worse? Well, it doesn't matter because you're not going to know anyway. We don't know what the future holds. That forces us, if you will, and we're willingly accepting of the fact that we are forced to rely upon God to direct our steps and to direct our future. Jesus concluded that parable by, well, actually preceding that parable, we had those who came to Jesus uh, fighting over their inheritance. People still fight over inheritances. But Jesus said, who made me a ruler and a judge over you, gave this parable. And then said, concluded by saying, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. If your value is determined by uh, your uh, equity, equity being assets minus liabilities, then, well, you might feel good about it today, but it could be gone tomorrow. It could be worthless uh, tomorrow, who knows. But if that's the, the, the way you value your life, then you get to the end of the life and you remember you brought nothing into this world and it is certain you will take nothing out. You end the same way you began, with no equity. No assets, no liabilities after you take your last breath. We'll let our descendants worry about the hospital bills or whatever, I guess. I'm not sure how that works, but... Um, I'll let Rob and Elisa sort that out. But uh, anyway, uh, we want to have treasures laid up in heaven. You heard in verse 14, Whereas ye shall not know, or whereas ye know not, what shall be on the morrow. That much we know. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We do know some things. And he continues that. What is your life? It's even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. We know our time is limited on this, uh, in this world. So we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we do know that our days are numbered. There is a tale that is told. There is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. It's like those beautiful flowers that existed uh, a few months ago but are gone today. So that's the brevity of life. 
So what then? If we don't know what tomorrow holds and we know our days are limited, do we uh, face tomorrow with fear? With trepidation? Well, some do. But Jesus said, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither your body, what you shall put on. He went on to say there in this same Luke 12, by the way, Fear not, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God will provide for you what He knows you need. In fact, in our, in our text, you heard Brother Dave read in that opening, uh, James 4 or 6, But He giveth more grace. And when I read that, I wondered, He giveth more grace than what? He giveth more grace than any challenge you will ever face, than any challenge that's presented to you tomorrow or in the future. God gives grace and enough grace uh, to exceed the challenge that, that you will face. So our life is out of a vapor. We went on to say, as the, the text, for you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this uh, or do that. And then he indicted them in that last verse that Brother Dave read. But now ye rejoice in your boastings and all such rejoicing is evil. And again, it wasn't uh, evil that they, pl- that they planned. It was evil that they planned without God in, in consideration. Well, the Lord uh, wants to be uh, considered. The Lord is faithful. And as we anticipate God's plan for us in this uh, coming year, uh, the scripture reading uh, provided a number of measures that we can employ to ensure that we are in uh, the will of God, that it is Lord willing. He said, draw nigh. Well, first he said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. We submit to God. We subordinate to God. We uh, allow the fact that whatever God brings or allows to come into our life is what he allowed. It's according to his uh, sovereign will. Even if it's the result of our previous poor decisions, the fact of the matter is we are where we are. And we accept the fact and submit to God in that uh, element of what has come our way and depend upon him to provide more grace to get us out on the other side of the challenge that we might face or that confronts us at any moment uh, in time. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Don't have a conversation with the enemy of your soul. Beyond saying, get thee behind me, Satan. That's it. Don't, uh, uh, don't be one of those who declares that the devil said something to me and so I told the devil thus and so beyond to get thee behind me, Satan. And then he replied, I, I don't, that's not good. Uh, to hold a conversation with the enemy, hold a conversation with the Lord. Look heaven's way, plead the blood of Jesus and uh, the enemy will flee from you. He cannot overcome the blood. So we, we do that. We submit. We subordinate to God. We resist the devil. He'll flee uh, from us. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. 
In order to get saved, it took the Lord reaching out to our hearts, convicting us of our sins. In that sense, God initiated the action to bring us to him. But when it comes to drawing nigh to God, we can initiate measures, employ measures on our own to accomplish that. We can set ourselves to pray. We can set ourselves to study the Word of God in a systematic manner. And that's the beauty of the the Daybreak Discovery System, is that it will take you through the Bible in a three-year period once it's fully uh, completed, and it's about 75% completed at this point. But uh, we can take advantage of it right now. We start in Second Samuel. Uh, today, if you haven't been participating in Daybreak Discovery, do so. Start today. It's, it's beautiful. It's a commentary uh, rooted in a, a holiness persuasion. It, it's a Bible a commentary. You'll have a better understanding of the Word of God uh, at the end of each day than you had at the beginning of each day. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Employ measures. Show a determination to draw closer to the Lord, and uh, you'll find that He is closer to you. Have the same commitment you had when you first got saved. When you first got saved, you were willing to do anything, go anywhere, whatever the Lord wanted in your life. uh, That's what you wanted. It was Lord willing. Well, to have a successful walk with God, that uh, mentality, that spirit must continue to exist. You were determined to separate yourself from the world. And for all those who were contrary or, or, or who would drag you down spiritually, and the Lord helped you, continue to live that way. Don't be influenced by those who would drag you down. Separate yourself from that element. You want to make heaven. This is the Lord's will. You pray, Lord uh, Lord willing, I will do this or do that. These are things that, that we can do. You heard Brother Dave also read, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned uh, to mourning and uh, your, your joy to heaviness. Well, there's a time certainly to laugh. There's also a time to mourn. And the spirit of this is suggesting that the gospel of Jesus Christ is serious business. If the enemy of your soul can prevent you from making the rapture, he will uh, employ all measures to accomplish that purpose. But God has a purpose too. You, you need not fear and tremble over the battles that will confront you during the coming year. Not by any means. Anything that comes your way is designed by God to strengthen you. Not to weaken you. That's how you tell the difference. If something comes your way uh, to weaken, that, that's the enemy of your soul. But, but God allows it uh, for a purpose, and that purpose is to strengthen you. So as you, as you gaze off into the months to come, if Jesus tarries that long, you can anticipate that as you do this or do that, Uh, God will be with you if you seek his counsel and uh, say, Lord willing. We don't have to always say it, but we can always think it. Uh, When I respond to emails as far as uh, appointments and uh, things like that, I I can't help. It's really hard for me to even tell the one who's going to cut my hair uh, when I get a text message as a reminder. Well, it's already on my 
outlook, so I don't need the reminder. But I, I, I can't say see you tomorrow. That person isn't, isn't a Christian. Um, but I have said, Lord willing, I added Lord willing. But it's hard to just say to someone, see you tomorrow. Well, I might or I might not, Lord willing. I'll see you tonight at 6, Lord willing. We'll be here. If the Lord will. We don't always need to say it, but it always wants to be a part of our makeup, a part of our character. So let's look to God and have a, a season of prayer. That's, that's the Lord's will. Drop to your knees in this sanctuary dedicated for that purpose. God will hear your prayers as you look to him for his will. As we sing this song, you're welcome to pray.